In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first Sunday of Lent, everyone, everywhere in the world, at all times, hear the gospel of our Lord's temptation in the desert. Your A, B, and C of the ordinary form and the gospel of your extraordinary form all focus on the same event. Similarly, in the second week of Lent, second Sunday of Lent, across the board at every Catholic Sunday Mass, regardless of what form it is, we hear the gospel of the transfiguration. And remember in a year, in, in year A, B, and C, we're listening to Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, and Luke's gospel. Typically, Matthew and A, Mark and B, Luke and C, and we're in year C this year. Today, on the third Sunday of Lent, it seems to be all a mess. In year A, so next year, we'll hear the gospel about the Samaritan woman, reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Last year, in year B, we heard about the, our Lord cleansing the temple in the Gospel of John, chapter 2. This year, today, now, we just heard from the 13th chapter of Luke, our Lord commenting on the tragedies of the day and telling a parable about the cursed or almost cursed fig tree. And in the ordinary form at noon today, or for the last thousand years, on the third Sunday of Lent, you hear Luke 11, a gospel about our Lord casting out devils. Not because I simply like to recognize order or impose order, but by the fact that the, well, the opening prayer is the same every year. The prayers of the Mass are the same every year for the third Sunday of Lent, so the readings have to have something in common. And when we find out what they have in common, that might help us focus on why we're hearing them. So I propose to you that what these have in common, the Samaritan woman found at the well, who is disclosing the series of sinful, non-marriage relationships she's had over the years, our Lord flipping over tables, turning his belt into a whip, and driving out money changers from the temple, our Lord telling us about a tree that doesn't have any fruit on it, that's about to be cut down, and Jesus simply casting out demons, all describe a similar mystery. God confronting evil. But even more specifically, God confronting evil in us, and even more specifically, God coaxing us to cooperate with his purifying us of evil. The Samaritan woman is befriended by our Lord and she freely discloses her sins. In casting out devils, the, the, the Lord 
as to find the person being willing to be free. The fig tree is, is cultivated, the ground around it, and it's fertilized. It's given another year to, to bear fruit. It's given another chance. And admittedly, in cleansing the temple, the Lord just really takes matters into his own hands. Our Lord uses every one of these techniques to try to coax us or prod us, or encourage us, or really prompt us to cooperate with his mission of freeing us from evil. How did we hear it at the entrant? The entrant or the entrance antiphon that you heard me say from the book, as soon as I got to the chair, From the prophet Ezekiel, when I prove my holiness among you, I will gather you from all the foreign lands, which implies that we're willing to be gathered. I will pour clean water upon you, which means we're, we're willing to stand still while he does this, and cleanse you from all your iniquities. And I will give you a new spirit says the Lord. The purpose of this isn't simply because uh, evil offends him and it has to be removed. That is true. But it impedes something far greater. He intends to give us his spirit. He intends to make our minds and our hearts just like his. And, and our not cooperating with being cleansed and purified just completely impedes that eventual goal of making us just like him. So, so be encouraged. While, yes, it is true that the process of sanctification is the work of grace, it's God's work in you, we have to cooperate. We, we have to, to work with him. And by the same token, as we encounter each other along this way, we have to encourage each other. How, how easily does it happen instead that we encounter someone who's not holy and we think, ooh, just don't come to this Bible study or don't come to sit next to me at my mass or don't pray the rosary with me or don't talk to me. Right? You need to get yourself squared away, and then, um, then I'd be happy to be in your company. And we need to encourage each other. God's working on everyone. All the time. And even while this process is underway, we, we're, we have the privilege of being present as Christ is worshiping God the Father. We're, we, we're allowed to be here as we see all of this completely fulfilled in our Lord's Paschal Mystery. That's the kindness and the mercy of God is on display and we don't even realize it. He's helping us get ready for heaven 
and at the same time is permitting us to be present when, when heaven is on full display. So the opening prayer today. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our lowliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.